Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored presented by Burns and McCoy. And today I have my very first guest, very first guest on DeHuff Uncensored, the podcast. And who else, who better than the one and only Mark Schlereth? Let, before I bring you in, Stink, let's just get, go through your uh, credentials. Three-time Super Bowl champion. No big deal. No big deal. Two-time Super uh, Pro Bowler. Two-time Pro Bowler. Or is it two-time? Yes. Yeah? Yes. yes. Okay. Accomplished actor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Radio host for 1043 The Fan in Denver. Analyst for Fox Sports. Chili King of the West with Stinking mm-hmm. Good Green Chili. Podcaster, Stinking Truth Podcast. And my friend, Mark Schlereth. That's right. Yeah. You, got a lot of, you got a lot of stuff on your plate. I got I got a lot of titles. I got a lot of a lot, a lot of I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates. Yes, and you and we, uh, Trey Wingo are starting up a thing on Twitch too, right? Or yeah, we started a Twitch channel. So Twitch, which has been a gaming platform, um, was purchased by Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. um, and Amazon Prime is getting into the football world. So starting next season, Amazon Prime will do the Thursday night games. And so they are trying to morph into being more than just a a platform for gamers. Now they're trying to morph into sports and other things. So like we're right in the infancy. Mm -hmm. We're one of the first shows created to be an NFL show on Twitch. Um, And it's been, it's been tremendous. One, Wingo and I are, are, we worked together at ESPN for 16 years. We're work wives, right? We're very close yep. friends. Yeah. Um, and we've got a, you know, it, we've got a great, it's kind of like the show that we used to do together, Scott. We all have such a great chemistry together. We all kind of read each other's minds and know where we want to go. And it's, and, and that's part of the beauty of radio or the beauty of podcasting or the beauty of just being um, connected and, and have an ability to communicate. And so, Wingo and I are very much that way. And it's been so much fun doing the Twitch show together. Although, you know, we have a very small following. Yeah. Um, so we'll get, you know, maybe 50 people watching our Twitch show, but like they'll stay for the whole hour and a half and we'll just be engaged with them. We'll be answering their questions on the chat line, um, calling them out, having fun. It's a there's a real community aspect to that channel and, and doing that, you know, that platform that's that's kind of intriguing. And hopefully at some point we kind of figure out how to grow it. Um, but while we're doing it, it's just Wingo and I talking football and, and telling stupid stories. Yeah. What, how do people follow you on that? What is uh, it under Twitch, Twitch.tv. If you go to the Twitch, you can just download Twitch. And search Wingo and uh, Wingo and Stink. Wingo and Stink. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All, right. All right. So now here's where I get hardcore analyst. Right. Okay. Here we go. So you grew up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. What was young Schlereth like as a kid? Um, very sensitive. Uh-huh. Um, extremely experimental. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was, I was. I was a sensitive kind of mama's boy. Um, very, you know, like I grew up, I had some learning disabilities. So I, I really struggled with 
with the school aspect of reading and, and doing all that stuff. Um, and so, you know, as a, as a sensitive kid, I got, you know, I got made fun of for being stupid, you know, not being able to read all that kind of, all that stuff that doesn't really matter, you know? Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, like, how do kids grow up today if they have that issue and don't have an outlet like recess. Right. You know what I'm saying? So for me, like we're all, the Bible says that we're, you know, that we're created, like we're, we're wonderfully, we're like, like wonderful. I can't remember the exact, the exact scripture, but it, it says something like individually we're wonderfully and uniquely created by, by God's hand. So we're all given all these different gifts. Right. And part of my big issue with the way kids are raised today is we try to make it, we try to create uniformity in kids. Like we need everybody to be the same. Mm -hmm. None of us are created the same. We're all blessed with different gifts. Like I have a a gift that I can eat a a Chipotle burrito in under two minutes. That's a gift. it, it It is a gift. And like, I have a gift where I could, I could exit that burrito in under two minutes. <laughs> That's true. That, that is my, that, gift. that is, it, that is actually a gift that we used right. to always time you when you would go to the bathroom. Cause you'd be, be like, how much time till we're back from the, the commercial break? We'd be like, mm-hmm. you got a, you got just under two minutes. Be like, oh, I could do it twice. And then you go right. to the bathroom, you come back and there's still like a minute to spare. Yeah. You, yeah. You have a gift. Uh, I don't even have to push. It yeah. just falls out. It just comes out. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anyhow, um, yeah. So we're all, we all have these different, we all have these different gifts. And and, and I was never an aggressive t- kid. I've never been in a fight. Like I've never, I'm not, I'm not built. I did break your ribs, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not built that way. I'm not that aggressive type A, I want to yeah. fight you kid. But what I was, was I was always gifted athletically. Mm -hmm. So I may not have been great in the classroom, but I could gain a certain amount of respect in a classroom because of my gift of being able to be the best on the playground. Yeah. And whatever, didn't matter what we were doing, I was going to be the best at. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I have a tough time with the way we raise kids nowadays, um, the, the uniformity with which we try to raise kids when they're all uniquely built. And, and so I don't, I don't necessarily understand how we want Hey, we want, I mean, I get equality for everybody. Everybody gets equal opportunities, but we're not equally like we're, we're not all, we're not all blessed with the same gifts. So I think it's, it's, you know, how do you individually teach your kid that, you know, to, to, to figure out what they're good at and to, and, and what they're passionate about and to be able to, you know, to, to try to grow those talents that they were, they were naturally given. Um, you know, and again, you have young kids, my kids are growing up, but I have grandkids and, um, you know, they're all different. I mean, my three grand, my three grandkids, they, personality wise, it couldn't be more different. You know, you have the same thing with your kids. So it's just, it's interesting the way, 
the way we are as a society because we're so afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was different when you and I grew up because um, your parents didn't care about hurting your feelings. They, <laughs> no. Right? No, God. It's funny, though, because I, I was thinking about that today of just <laughs> – I don't know. It's parenting now is just so much different, but I remember as a kid, just the simple thing of like playing sports outside until you couldn't see the football anymore. Right. You, you knew it was time to probably go inside when somebody gets hit in the face with a football because you threw it and then it just cracked them in the face. But right. now, nowadays that's not the case. Everybody's just so locked in and you sound like an old guy when you say it constantly, like back in my day, but like now, like kids, like these days, it's just like, they're just stuck inside and they want to play their games or whatever inside or watch their YouTube shows, which drive me nuts. I don't know if your grandkids are watching YouTube stuff, but some of that shit just drives me nuts. But just the difference in from when I was a kid and when you were a kid to now, it's just it's night and day, just insane. And I only I can only imagine what it's going to be like 10 years from now or when your grandkids start having kids and stuff like that. That's just mind blowing. Like what kind of shit are they going to be dealing with? Virtual reality crap or robots, probably robots, you would think. By then, you get, you, Timmy's over there diddling with the robot again. Classic Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> get a real girl. Right. He loves that robot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't. You know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because you're 100 right. Like my granddaughters are begging to get on their iPads. Let's do something. Let's go outside. And let's let's goof around. Let, but it becomes a really easy babysitting tool too, you know, like it does. Yeah, I got stuff to do. Yeah. I got to cook dinner or I got to send some emails and be like, just watch whatever. I don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving along, like I said, you grew up in Alaska. What were your, some of your first jobs that you did before you got into football heavily and right. doing what you do now? What are some of the jobs that you did that helped structure you? So, so I was never, I, I wasn't like you. I wasn't working at, you know, at Schlotsky's Deli or. I never know. worked at Schlotsky's. I worked at Quiznos. Same, yeah. I, I've had a, like, a, I've had like 12 jobs. Quiznos or Subway or whatever it was you were doing. Like you, yes. you did all those things and I applaud you. Um, I always, so we grew up, I grew up in Alaska. We had horses. We had, you know, we had acreage, we had horses. Um, And so I grew up from the time I was a little kid, landscaping, building barns, building fences. Um, You know, just, I, I was incredible. Like my dad always had me convinced that, you know, doing, doing, manual labor was going to be great to help me out athletically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it would be nothing. We get 10 yards of topsoil delivered. And, you know, my job was to spread it cause we're going to put a lawn in the back. Yeah. And so every day, you know, I would have, I would be working for my dad for a dollar an hour. That's what I used to get paid. And, you know, it'd be loads and loads, 10 yards of dirt's a lot of dirt, yeah. a lot of topsoil. And I'm loading up a wheelbarrow 
and you know, it's fully loaded and you know, I'm nine years old. That's and, and, That's you awesome. know, and yeah. And I, and let, let me, here's a crazy thing. Like our neighbors, I think I was probably nine or 10. Our neighbors um, got a bumper pool tape. So, you, you know, the, the hexa, hexagon, I guess, or whatever it is, the, the way the bumper pool tables are made. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the next door neighbor asked my dad to come over and help him move it downstairs, this, this table. And, you know, if you're lifted a pool table, even a bumper pool table, a, a nice one, there's slate underneath right? And it's a big wood and they've got the pads and everything. They're heavy. They're really heavy. And so the next door neighbor asked my dad to come help him. And the guy couldn't move it three feet before I had to set it down. Yeah. And my dad's like, there's no way we're getting this downstairs and down these, this flight of stairs. And this guy, and he literally wasn't strong enough to do it. And so we live right down the street. The phone rings. I answered to my dad. He goes, get down here. I need your help. All right, get on my bike, pedal down to the neighbor's house, right? Which is, you know, it was only, I don't know, three or four blocks away on a dirt road, right? Yeah. So I get down there. And and my dad says to the the man, he's probably 35, four, whatever, 35 years old, 40 years old. He goes, get out of the way. And I'm <laughs> 10. You're 10? I'm like literally 10. Or, or 10 or 11. Yeah. And so my dad gets one end, I get the other end, and we walk it down the, we walk oh. down the stairs. And the guy was humiliated. I would be too. Humiliated. <laughs> um, but that's how I grew up. I grew up, you know, I'd be eight, nine years old. I'd be on one side of a 300-pound railroad tie, and my dad would be the other side, and we were building the barn floor out of railroad, t- railroad ties. Like, I, I dug post holes. Like I, that's yeah. all I did all growing up. And so it's interesting. You know, my dad always told me, you know, you're like, this is going to make, we cut down a bunch of trees in, in, you know, on our, on our property. And then I would have to, you know, split the logs and carry all the logs to it and then stack the wood, you know? So I was always doing all this physical labor. And the interesting thing was I had friends that did nothing, but they participated in all the little league sports. And I really wasn't doing anything. I didn't start playing sports until I was 12. Mm. And when I started playing, um, all the stuff that my dad said this would do, actually, it's exactly what it did. I was faster than anybody. I was stronger. I mean, just overall body strength. It was not close between me and the other 12-year-olds. Yeah. Like, it was – It it just – I just was, was, I was physically just stronger than everybody else because all I ever did was use my body as a, you know, as a, as a human backhoe and forklift, you know? And That's so it. anyhow, um, it really did help tie all that body strength together. So that's all I did. So then all growing up, I had such a, you know, I had such a, uh, a knowledge of, of landscaping and building and all that stuff. That that's all I did. I worked as, you know, plumbers, you know, I, I, we, we had this building built. I was on site for this building from the excavation of it to the building of the footings to pouring of the footings to the, you know, the stock in the block to pour in the block to, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, put the 20 gauge rebar in the retaining wall, you know, and then pouring it and like everything that you would do from start to finish on building the building. 
I, I was, I was part of every crew that built that building. And then when I was in college, Scott, I just, I just did odd jobs. I would come home and I always had, I had a bunch of different people that wanted to hire me to, to landscape their yards and, and their business places of business. So I was as busy as I wanted to be. And, and I made great money, um, just great money. And so I always had, I just always, I didn't work for anybody. I worked for myself and I always had odd jobs and I could, like I said, I could be as busy as I wanted to be. And I'd make triple the money anybody else made doing any other job because it was a physical labor type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. You talking about your work ethic as a child and how that reflected in your athleticism and on, on the mm-hmm. field and stuff. Whereas me, uh, I, I didn't do any of that. And then, uh, basically when I got on the field, I was weak as a kitten. So yes. that was my, my nickname was Gato. I was yes. the, the cat. <laughs> that's why your ribs got broken. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. Real quick for the people that, cause there's a lot of people that are tuning into this that maybe don't understand and don't know where you got your unique nickname. And it's a very common question I get when I talk to uh, people. Uh, Cause I say, like when I introduce myself to somebody, it's like, hi, I'm Scott the Huff. I know Mark Schlereth. That's yes. my classic introduction to somebody. Not, you know, some, some people are just like, hi, I'm Bob. Like, who do you know, Bob? Well, I know Mark Schlereth. So I just dropped that in. But anyway, your nickname is stink. Mm-hmm. Tell the people that don't know. How did you get that nickname? Well, there's there's two separate versions of how that nickname came to be, and they're both true. Um, so the first is is how it started, right? And it started as I was a rookie for Washington back in the day, and I'm in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. That's where we had training camp. And I had talked to my sister who was teaching at a village in Alaska, um, a native village in Alaska called Akiachuk, Alaska on the Kuskokwim River. Oh. And so the first run of salmon during the salmon season, they'll dip net the, the, the river, right? And they'll just pull out thousands of fish, right? Right. And so when they go clean the fish that they don't like, they don't throw anything away. And one of the things they did that was kind of a ritual, if you will, is they would dig a big pit. And when they cut off the heads of the salmon, they would bury them in this pit and let those heads ferment rot. And then they would dig them up like weeks later and it eat them rot. And they're literally called stinkheads. You can look it up on the internet, stinkhead. Wow. And so, so my sister was like, my kids just ate stinkheads. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she told me the story. She's like, you, you know, they have a question for you. They're, she's a school teacher. They raise their hand and say, hey, can you, can you come help me with this math problem? And she'd be like, you know, you walk up behind them and you put your shirt over your face because they just reek. Uh, fish oil right yeah like it's, it, it permeates it per- and after they eat it you know that's that's what the smell of the village is right so anyhow she was just like it was it was 
terrible for a week or whatever. But, um, but anyhow, that was, that was stinkhead. So from that point forward, the guys on the team called me stinkhead. Okay. Okay. Right. And then, um, so that's kind of how it started. And then it, it, it basically cemented itself. I became, you know, just stink, um, in a game, in a preseason game in 1990 against the Cleveland Browns on a hot August sultry night in Washington, D.C. And so I started as a rookie the last six, seven games of my rookie year. And so I was the youngest guy on the offensive line, the youngest hog, and I was the starting right guard. But I was also, because I was the youngest guy, I was the first guy off the bench if anybody got hurt right. when, when the game was going on. And so back in those days, you actually played in the preseason. So it was the third preseason game. So we're going to play three quarters. So we get done with our three quarters and everybody on the starting offensive line is out. Well, everybody else can just kind of hunker down because they're all veteran players. I'm a second year player. So I got to keep my pads on and keep ready to go. Um, in case somebody gets hurt. And so I am, we're, we're deep into the fourth quarter. I'm been drinking water and doing all that stuff. And I just have to piss. Right. Right. But I can't really go in to piss because if somebody gets hurt, and I'm inside taking a leak. You know, they, I gotta, I've gotta be the guy at first guy in. So I'm sitting on the bench and I'm complaining about having to piss. The guys go, well, just go in. I can't go in, man. I'm first guy up type of thing. And so finally, I said, I'm just going to go. And they're like, what do you mean you're going to go? And I'm like, I'm going right now. And all of a sudden, you look down, and I am, I like, I am full bladder release on the bench. Like, urine is pouring off the bed, out of, through my uniform, off the bench. And all the other guys are just like, you're a pig. That's <laughs> disgusting, right? And I'm laughing because I thought it was funny. And, you know, and this is one of those little funny, funny things, boys, right? <laughs> I pee right. myself. Literally, I get done peeing, and I'm on the bench kind of, you know, shaking it off, and um, somebody gets hurt, and they're like, hey, 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 you know, Schlereth, you're up. We need you. I grab my helmet. I run. Stan Humphreys is the backup quarterback who's in the game, and he's like, let me get a couple warm-up snaps. Mm -hmm. All right. I get down over the ball, and – the quarterback never puts his hands directly in. He always has like a hand on your lower back, and it's like four play, hand on your hip, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to let you know I'm coming in. <laughs> and he, so he starts his case, blue 80, blue 80, blue 87, and he puts his hands back. I snap the ball, and it just, I mean, it's splashed out. It's sopping <laughs> wet. And he's like, oh, I got something in my eyes. Give me a towel. You know, he's sopping wet. And he's sweaty. He's super. And I'm like, oh, dude, that ain't, that ain't sweat. That is straight up urine. And, you know, of course, everybody, he doesn't know. But everybody everybody that I just pissed on the bench with knows. And so <laughs> then they're laughing. And that's how it went from stink. It went from stink to stink. Or stinkhead to stinky. Just a straight up stink. Uh, and awesome. so, and I always, you know, I always had a dribble or two or, a, you know, a little squirt or two in my uniform every game that I played. But wow. I, go, I would just kind of, I just kind of let her loose a little bit. Well, in support of you, I just peed my pants. Okay. You're welcome. That's, that's beautiful. 
Beautiful. Just, I feel I feel really connected to you. Real quick, here in a second, we're going to do some rapid fire questions, and then we're going to wrap this up. But real All quick, right. I just want to say thanks to my friends at Burns and McCoy. Check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. They're available at all front range grocery store locations. Got a lot of great hot sauces, salsas. Uh, margarita mixes and what is it? Bloody Mary mixes. Just check them out. Burns and again at all front range grocery stores. All right. I am too cheap to invest in my time and efforts to making an actual open for this. And uh, I, I gotta be honest, this, you're my first guest. So this is the first time I'm going to do it. We're going to do rapid fire. All right. High tech. I know. I know. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm just going to shoot a bunch of questions at you and you're going to answer them as quick as possible. Okay. okay. Ready? Get on yes. your toes. First of all, are ghosts real? Yes. Okay. Are aliens real? Sure. Of course they are. Oh, well, you're you and Baker Mayfield, your buddies. All right. Yeah. The last thing you fixed around your house. Um, a toilet. You fixed a toilet. What, what was wrong with it? It was it, it was constantly <laughs> leaking, so I changed, uh, okay. I changed the mechanisms inside the toilet. All right, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, I could fly. Okay, that's dumb. All right, uh, let's see. The best summarize the best prank you ever pulled. Oh, uh, I put I put dog turds in a banana or cat turds in a piece of banana bread. And I walked in to a room eating one piece and holding the cat turd piece in the other, <laughs> knowing that one of my gluttonous buddies would yank it out of my hand and shove it in his mouth. And it, and it 100% worked perfectly. As soon as I walked in, snatched it out of my hand and shoved the whole thing in their <laughs> mouth, banana bread cat turd. Oh, it's beautiful. All right. It's gorgeous. Biggest name in your phone contact list. Uh, probably Dwayne Johnson. All right. Can you book him for my podcast? Yes. I'll get uh, back to you on that. All right. Right. We'll see what happens. All right. There you go. First all edition right. of rapid fire. I thought wait it minute, went. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, the phone's ringing. Hello. Oh, hi, Dwayne. <laughs> hey, drunk. I'm big and strong and I do stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. You heard yeah. it here. Dwayne Johnson on the DeHuff Uncensored yeah. podcast. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. am lucky. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> All right. So go real quick. You said your superpower would be flying. I thought when I first thought of this, I was like, no, they would call you uh, like diamond man. And they'd be, be like, why is diamond? Man? Because your nipples are constantly hard. Be like, you, Or they call you glass cutter. That'd be your name, like glass cutter. You're like, oh shit, it's glass cutter. Right. He's gonna get us out of this. How are we gonna break? How are we gonna break into this building? We can't just break the window. Wait, glass cutter's here. <laughs> right? Could you right. see the visual on that one? <laughs> I mean, flying, flying would be cool. I mean, like, like laser eye beam, something or other. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just one of those things. I thought it was interesting. Right. All right. You've won three Super Bowls. Been to multiple Pro Bowls. Was body slamming me and breaking my ribs your greatest athletic accomplishment? Um. It's yeah. It's right up there. Uh, there's there's no question. You know the funny thing about 
not that it was funny, but it was kind of funny. How red your face turned. I will never forget that. That's when I knew I had hurt you. The other thing that was interesting is, as you know, I thought I broke my wrist. because I know. <laughs> the way we fell, you kind of fell on top of my wrist, which I think is what broke your wrist. But my wrist was kind of bent funny. And then my hip was the first thing to hit. And so my I had a hip pointer for two weeks. My hip hurt. My yeah. wrist hurt. Um, so I'm really more the victim in this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is we kind of were talking about it and before we started recording it, orchestrating. And, and in the midst of doing it, I was like, there's no way we can do this and make it look real if I just don't do it. So I just did it. And the next thing I knew, um, you were, you know, like you tried to tough it out for a while, but my wife actually <laughs> said, my wife said to me, it's like, I guarantee you, she goes, that wussy will be in the emergency room before seven o'clock. So I was trying to have you hold out, but you had, you were like at five o'clock. You would be. Yeah, it's five o'clock. Well, I never broke my ribs. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh my God. That was, that was awful. And what was funny about the video though, is we had, like you said, we, we kind of mapped it out and we're like, we'll do this. And you're like, you said, you're going to gently caress me down to the floor. And then right. right before you essentially whispered in my ear without whispering in my ear going, I got to go fast. Otherwise it's just not going to work. And I'm like, right. I, I really don't have time to think because everybody there's like a crowd of people, management included, just staring around like this crowd. And they're like, let's go, go, go. And I'm like, oh, shit. OK, let's do it. And then sure enough. And then like you're like, come at me. And I put my arms on on you and I'm like, oh, shit, I've been way too deep because like I'm feeling your strength and realizing be like, uh, here comes the kitten again. Here's the kitten taking on the bull. And then whack. Well, the, the, and there's two things that I like. There, I guess three things that make me laugh about that every time. Is one, you were in so much pain. Your face, <laughs> like your head almost popped off. It was so red. And until you watch the video, you don't really realize it. So there was that part. There was Mike Evans going in the background. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> the old... The old Rocky line, which yeah. is funny. And then, like, everybody is there. So we got salespeople there. We uh, got, like, we got, like, <laughs> our boss, our boss, our program director was there. And all of a sudden, how the tone of the room changed <laughs> from, this is so damn funny, to, oh, my God, Scott might die. And all of a sudden, our, our program director, who watched the whole thing, realizing I could get in a lot of trouble for letting this happen. Going, checking on you. Are you okay? Are you gonna you gonna make it? Is the camera still on? Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Let me show concern. Um, that was a crazy time. It was. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people that were like furious, but ultimately, like, I would do it again. It was. It was. It's funny. Right. It's a story. I don't know. There's not too many people. Nobody can say that that happened to them. I think it's 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 funny. It's I. As yeah. long my ribs cracked, they're broken. They weren't like snapped in half. Right. Okay? That would have been worse. If you would have punctured something like yeah, you, punctured along or yeah. you died on, on, yeah, that probably would not have been good. Yeah. But it's funny too, though, because 
then, you know, we were showing the video around because, you know, we're kind of at the time we, we were, you know, when we're doing the show, people would always like, Hey, you guys got to put out a video, you know, salespeople would be like, you guys have to put out a video. And we'd always do these stupid videos. And so that one was going like wildfire when we first put it on. And then the station was like, uh, don't play this video anymore. Don't put it out there. Let's let this like, let's let this die. Yes. They were, it was on fire literally because within, I want to say like four hours, it had a quarter of a million views. Yeah. And then it was just like, stop it. Stop, stop. Don't, no, don't even talk about it. Right. <laughs> then yeah, I had I mean, all these pe- people texting me like, oh my God, stink is such a, a vicious animal. <laughs> like it's. I, and a lot of people asking if it was real. And then, you know, and then me popping around nationally on different shows going, what did you do to your, your, your producer? Hey, don't cross me. You learned your lesson. Listen, he slacked off a day, so he had to be punished. Right. It's the, hey, real quick, uh, you obviously went through the pandemic just like anybody else. Is there anything that you feel like that you learned either about yourself or society due to the pandemic? Because I have, I have a few things that popped out, but I just want to see if you had any. Um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think, you know, obviously – I am i I'm kind of a creature, a social creature. Um, and so it's really hard for me not to be connected socially. Like, mm-hmm. like I like to go into work. I like that. I like the, the connectivity of being with other people. So that part, that part of me just kind of learning that about, about yourself I think is it is it is an important like aspect of of this whole pandemic. I think the other thing for me, um, just kind of almost from a spiritual standpoint, is um, is to to have gratitude regardless of of the situation because there's always things that you can learn. There's always things that um, that I think we tend to take for granted. So I always try to really, um, I call it seeing life through a God's eye lens. So trying to look at a bigger picture and have a bigger perspective on what's going on in your life right now and, and how you can use, you know, use tough situations in your life to grow as a human, um, to help other people grow. So, you know, I always, I always try to kind of, have that perspective on things. Um, and you know, the, it, it's a biblical promise that, I mean, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, I mean, you, you can read it anywhere. I mean, it's all over the Bible, new Testament, old Testament, all over the place. Um, the guarantee is life's going to be hard. Yeah. And, and like, you can either let that get you down or play the victim or do all those things or, you know, you can just accept that that's the way life is and how can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? And, and those things, um, I think those things were very apparent during this pandemic for me is to, is to still look at it like from, from a, the lens of man, although things are bad right now and they're tough right now, I still have, I still have two jobs I, yeah. that I love. I, I still am connected with, you know, people like you and, and the guys that I work with both on the TV side and the radio side and, mm-hmm. um, and just like, just have gratitude. 
Um, yeah. Anyhow, that that's kind of where I'm. Yeah, and, and I I'm right there with you on that because obviously I left the fan, and part of that was you know you go through the pandemic, and I realized that uh, life is short. You don't know what's around the next corner, and sometimes you just got to make a choice. And to me, ultimately, I wanted to make sure that I was there more for my family and making sure that I was there fully mentally with them. And, and it's not like I was making a ton of money at the station anyway. So to me, financially, it's a hit, but not like everybody thinks it is, but it's just, I had to weigh it out. Like my kids are doing better in school now since I I've come back home. Uh, I'm, we were talking about this before. It's just, in a sense, I'm getting to know my wife again, because for 18 years, I was essentially a zombie. Uh, and so it's just, I think to me, that's something that I learned because of the pandemic. It kind mm-hmm. of would open my eyes a bit, like what truly is important. And ultimately to me is, is family. But the other things I've learned is we, as a society use toilet paper too much. Uh, obviously that's, I don't know why people were hoarding toilet paper. That's ridiculous. Right. And honestly, before all this, I don't think we really paid attention to germs. Look at just like you and I, when we did that video of you spinning milk, you spit milk in my face for the the sake of a video twice. Yeah. Took two takes. Yeah. We we couldn't stop laughing, but it's just funny because we just took that. I don't think I never thought of germs. Like if you were like, uh, if I got a beer and you'd be like, I've, this is a good beer. Do you want to try it and be like, sure. We just share a beer. Like we don't, we didn't care. Mike Evans used to just dip his hands into my, like if I had French fries, he would just dip his hands into my French fries and start eating them. But he's a pig. That's just what Mike does. But like, we just did no, no care in the world for germs right. until this. It, it, it's, it's interesting too, because as much as I travel and stuff, and you know, and, and I travel every week for the season, um, having the mask on and doing all that stuff. I have not had so much as the sniffles in 14, 15 months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah. And you know, the habit of getting off the plane, even if I don't have to use the restroom to go in and wash my hands. Yeah. Like it's just become yeah. kind of, that's become a, a, a habit. And so, um, but I totally understand where you are, especially with your schedule, because you know, you're going to bed, you're trying to be connected with your family, make dinner, have dinner and everything. And going to bed at eight thirty or nine, but getting up at two, yeah, like it's not, it's not conducive. You know, like you said, you, you're in a zombie. And, and one of the things I don't do it well, but I try to do it is, um, it's it was something somebody said to me when I was a, a very young player, and just asking in general, I was talking to a friend of mine, going, "How's it going? What's going on?" He goes, "Man, I am just trying to be where I'm at." And I think, you know, we're so connected to technology and cell phones and all that stuff. And never have we been more uh, connected through technology and less connected as people. Mm -hmm. And, and so that was something that was very, for me, one of those things that you, you try and I don't do it well, trust me, but just trying to be, you talk about being more connected with your wife, Brandy, I'm just trying to be more connected with, with just actually listening, mm-hmm. which, you know, I find that 
she's telling me something and I'm like looking at scrolling through, you know, what's on Twitter or what, what, what my emails are. I'm trying to do two things at once. And I, I, I flat out, I can't do it. So yeah. just to be, just to be literally connected and really listen yeah. um, is something that I've tried to, to focus on during this time to a degree. Um, and again, like I said, I, I don't do it well, um, but at least I'm aware of it. Yes. Yeah. That's a big deal. Cause if right. you're not aware of it, then you're just a dick. Yes. Nobody wants to be a dick. No. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Schlereth. Same on Instagram too, right? You're on Instagram as at Mark Schlereth. At Mark Schlereth. Listen to his podcast, The Stinking Truth. I produce it, so it's fantastic. It's incredible. Uh, buy us chili in the freezer section of Costco and King Supers, right? Freezer section of King Supers, the deli section of Costco. Oh, I messed Come it on. up. Get it right. <laughs> All right. Stink, thank you so much for popping on. Make sure you guys subscribe to De Huff Uncensored anywhere you find podcasts. Make sure you share it and make sure you're not a dick today, right? Stink, don't be yeah, a dick. Yeah, that is, I think that's one of the great, great points. And like I say on our, our podcast, The Stinking Truth, uh, share with everybody. Like it, then don't tell anybody. Keep right. it to yourself. Don't be a dick. It goes back to that. <laughs> All right. It's Duff on Censor presented by Burns and McCoy. We'll talk to you next time.